Well, hello and welcome to Help Me Believe, the show about Christian apologetics and theology. My name is Hayden Clark, your host, and today on the show I will be interviewing Christian apologist Lisa Quintana. And throughout the rest of the interview, I will be pronouncing her name incorrectly. In my defense, she didn't tell me that until the end of the episode, but in her defense... I am someone who studies uh, this, the, the Spanish language and should have known better. But anyway, it was a, a lively conversation. I much enjoyed it. Lisa was great. She's very intelligent, smart, uh, funny. It was, a, it was a really great conversation to have. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, apologetics in general, the next generation, and specifically uh, women in apologetics. And it was, uh, again, a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. But I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lisa before you uh, watch the rest, of the rest of the episode. Uh, Lisa Quintana is a Christian apologist and serves as vice chair of communications at Women in Apologetics, uh, the organiza organization that we will be talking about in the episode. She speaks at conferences on apologetics and teaches apologetic classes at her church in Madison, Wisconsin, where she lives with her husband and has two children. Uh, her works uh, off her website at thinkdivinely.com have been featured on the, on the poached egg. If you're familiar with the Christian apologetics, you've probably heard of the poached egg. Um, Christian Apologetics Alliance, Reasonable Faith Chapter in Honolulu, and she has a Master's of Arts in Apologetics from Biola University, where she was mentored and taught by none other than Sean McDowell, who will be on the show here shortly in October. Uh, she's also friends with Jay Warner Wallace and other apologists. She's well-known, and uh, it was a great conversation. Um, watch the whole episode and then stick around at the end if you want to watch five more minutes with Lisa Quintana. Subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash help me believe or click on the link in the description where you will also find links to Lisa's uh, website and other works. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to Help Me Believe. My name is Hayden Clark, your host. Uh, this is the show that brings you Christian apologetics and theology. And uh, today I'm excited to introduce my guest to you, who is herself a Christian apologist, Lisa Quintana. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm good, Hayden. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, so I hear you're you're up north in Wisconsin. Is that right? Yes, and we've had a lot of rain, and the mosquitoes have come out mm. like it's been like a plague. Yeah, but they're <laughs> supposed. To they're supposed to be dying, but they're not dying here in North Texas either. We've actually had a flood the, this past week. It rained for like 72 hours straight. It was crazy. So I guess that that's just going around everywhere then. I know. It's terrible. Um, well, um, if you don't mind, we'll just uh, jump into things and uh, jump into this interview. So if you don't mind uh, introducing yourself to the audience, who, who people sure. who may not be familiar with you, who are you and, and what do you do? Okay, so I am a Christian apologist, and I run a blog called Think Divinely, and primarily I focus on apologetics, but I like to also challenge people to, to think critically and to just rethink how they view things, because I think there's a lot of biases and presuppositions people bring to the table, not only with Christian you know, belief systems, but in everything, with science and the whole nine yards. So. I think, you know, from, from my standpoint, Think Divinely helps people to sort of hopefully challenge them to think in different ways and maybe, you know, be a little bit more open-minded. <laughs> so I do that. I write a lot. And I also teach at my church in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin is also the home of the Freedom From Religion group. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so we got all these atheists here and, and a very uh, liberal uh, town, you know, and they're in their 
just the way they think and stuff. And so I live there. <clears throat> so uh, do you come in contact with uh, a lot of the freedom from religion folks or from a, a no, lot of atheists? Yet. I haven't yet. I'm, I'm sort of afraid that God may call me to that sometime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so I also teach classes. Um, I go to a pretty large church in Madison called city church. I teach classes there and I am currently uh, writing a book on suffering and on, um, on women in apologetics on how to evangelize with apologetics. So basically, I write, I teach, I speak, and I confront gently when necessary. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, when you say you teach at the church, is, is this uh, is this a school at the church, or is this teaching uh, so, like Sunday school classes or discipleship classes, or what is that? Um, so I uh, yeah, more or less. Um, there's we have what they call school of the Bible classes, mm -hmm. and so I'll, I'll teach something along those lines, and I always blend you know an apologetic sort of feel to what i teach right. and then um we did have a whole class we had a whole semester on apologetics my pastor thank goodness is very pro apologetics and so we yeah, like those pastors yeah he's great so you know he's you know kind of cut me loose and you know i'm also going to be do teaching women um for the next six weeks on how apologetics and evangelism go together so i think that's really important i think people forget about that that you know apologetics is really a great form of evangelism right so i'll be teaching women doing that too well that's really encouraging because uh, a, a lot of times when you think apologetics or apologists you think of uh you know um, online blogging or, or maybe traveling ministry but you yeah. think you think it's really important to uh let's see how to phrase this get apologetics into the local church like that do you see great value in that yeah, so so my my heart really is um, evangelism, and I really think that knowing how skeptical our culture has become and how much misinformation is out there, it's really important to be able to answer those questions and teach people how to do it in in a, a good way that's not, you know, not in your face kind of way. Right. But just, you know, be confident with what you believe, but but you know, also also present it respectfully. And so I really want to challenge people to to learn it because I think. I think especially, you know, from my own personal view, I never really learned apologetics until the last five, ten years or so, and I've been walking with God for 30 years yeah. now. You know, and it's only been the last maybe 10 years I've been studying this stuff. So I, I got convicted by God because I was really basing a lot of my my faith on my like in, emotional experiences with God, my subjective experiences. Mm -hmm. And then when people that didn't have that, didn't have faith, would ask me questions. I didn't really have very good answers except for my personal experiences. And that works for some people. But as I found out, like with people like Jay Warner Wallace and, and even Josh McDowell, I mean, they came to the table as atheists. They wanted proof. They didn't want a touchy-feely story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want evidence, evidence, evidence. Evidence, you know? evidence that demands a verdict, yeah. Well, so I get that now, you know, and I, yeah. I think that there, there's a blend. I mean, some people are more touchy-feely and some people are more think, thinking-oriented. But if we could bring those two things together, that would be amazing. Yeah, because be that's the deal. Yeah, well, that's the full, I think, the full Christian life as well. So, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. <laughs> right, exactly. You got to get them all. Um, right. So you said you've been uh, following the Lord for 30 years and didn't, but just recently became... Um, aware of and involved in apologetics what has changed in, in with you uh, personally after coming um, to know these apologetics yeah well part of the reason why I began looking into it is because of a tragedy that happened in my my family <clears throat> my dad about 12 years ago he committed suicide oh man 
and he was a naturalist. And so his viewpoint was, I'm going to just end suffering. I'm, you know, the whole sort of end of life issues that are going on now with people wanting to have the right to die at the end of their lives. And, you know, so there's this, this naturalistic philosophy that he, he lived with. And I didn't have the answers for him when he asked me questions about my faith. And he would always want, you know, sort of, sort of a supernatural Damascus Road experience for God to like show up and prove himself right, right in front of him, right? That's what he wanted. That's what he was demanding. Right. And so, you know, at the time, I didn't have the answers for him. I could just share my own personal experiences. And so his death rocked my world. And I really became like just burdened, I guess you could say, with, with trying to figure out, well, how could I reach, could I have you know, answered better questions for my dad? Could I have given him, you know, a, a better response than, you know, my touchy-feely responses? And I, I've learned that you can't argue somebody into the kingdom. I, I get that. But you can remove stumbling blocks from, right. from people that, you know, my dad had a huge stumbling. He's an intellectual stumbling block. And so he didn't even, he didn't even want to pursue it. You know, so once, mm -hmm. once you can remove these stumbling blocks from people, then maybe they'll actually start to pursue it. Maybe they'll seek God. And then when you seek God with all your heart, he'll meet you there. You know, I mean, so, so you have to have a seeking heart that's not in the prove it to me mode, right. you know. And my dad sort of had this prove it to me mode, you know. He wanted God to just manifest himself in his bedroom at night when he prayed or whatever, right. you know. And, and so, so that's what kind of started me studying and then once I got into it, it was really fascinating. I loved right. it because I, I, I thought, gosh, it's so cool to know, you know, science lines up with Christianity, historical evidence lines up with Christianity, personal experiences do too. And, and you know, when you compare it to other worldviews and other religions, I mean, Christianity really speaks to reality. It, 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 it's the one religion that really has a good sense of how to address what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. You look at the world and you're like, something's going on in this world. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not. Why is all this, you know, hate and, and stuff going on, you know, and, and sin is it, you know, sin is the cause. Well, Christianity has the one solution for sin. Buddhism doesn't. Buddhism thinks that, you know, you just got to meditate it all away and it's going to go away and, you know, you, it's not really real. They, they try to <clears throat> go into a meditative state of, of illusion, like pain is an illusion, you know, and then there's Hinduism, you know, basically if you have a bad life now, it's because you had a bad life before, yeah. <laughs> you got karma going on, right? And then you got, you know, the other religions and none of them really have the full solution. I mean, Jesus Christ is the full solution. So apologetics teaches you all of that, you know, not, it's not just, you know, reading, reading the Bible and, and, and believing it. It's, it's reading the Bible, believing it, and then knowing from a secular point of view why it makes sense. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's the beauty of it. It sure is. Yeah, that that's great. Um, yeah. uh, so I wanted to ask you about this in, in doing some research about you and, and learning about who you were. I come across uh, an organization called Women in Apologetics. So I was wondering yeah. if, if you could share with us what Women in Apologetics exactly is. Yeah, so it's a pretty new organization. Um, last year they had uh, the first uh, annual conference and Biola sponsored it. And so Women in Apologetics is a nonprofit ministry, and it's basically, you know, sole focus is to equip, educate, and to just basically empower women to, to study apologetics and to encourage them to learn it um, and give them a platform uh, mm -hmm. to, to be able to ha be keynote speakers or speak in breakout sessions. And so these conferences help them in that way and then also helps to educate other women and uh, we also have a really great blog. Mm -hmm. And on the blog, we have 
podcasts, we have blogs, we have um, videos and other uh, research material on there. And there's like 45 or 50 women apologists now listed on, on there. So it's kind of like the apologetics hub for women. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a couple of guys on there too. Maybe a couple. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's to promote women and to help women have a, a sense of, you know, of a platform so that, so that the second half of the, uh, the Imago day can be featured because, you know, I mean, you know, God created male and female. I mean, there's, there's the male half and the female half. Right. And so women, you know, women bring to apologetics a little bit of a different flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a, it's a, it complements that, you know, I mean, there's, there's a sense that women have, I think a little bit more generally, I mean, I'm sort of, you know, trying to be politically correct here. Well, <laughs> generally women are, are t- typically more, you know, grace oriented, mercy oriented, sure. compassionate. And so, so they, they come to apologetics more relationally. Mm-hmm. I think men, tend to come to apologetics, you know, with more of a, uh, abstract. You know, yeah. And they want to, they want to, you know, talk about their argument and get to the point and, and, you know, show that the, the truth of that, which is fine. I mean, right. we do too, but I think the way we approach it is just a little different. So I think, I really think apologetics needs women because mm-hmm. women, you know, and men working together, you know, provide the whole kind of the whole spectrum of how, you know, we can approach things. And another thing that's really important for why I think women should be in apologetics is because, again, this is generalizing. I know that there's, you know, a lot of dads that are involved heavily with their children's lives, but women oftentimes are the primary caregiver for children. Mm -hmm. And let's say you pick up your, you know, your nine-year-old son from the soccer practice, right? And he gets in the car and he goes, well, you know, Johnny told me today that believing in God is nothing more than, you know, believing in in like a flying spaghetti monster or something, you know? Perfect example. Well, yeah, and so if the mom doesn't know how to answer that, she's in the car. I mean, in the heat of the moment is when kids need answers. You know, right. they're they're very in the moment. You know, they won't they won't remember. You know, six hours later what they were talking about, right? So in the moment that that mom could very well answer, you know, that question if she was trained in apologetics. So women, you know, can influence children that way. And then there's one final and really important reason why I think women should be involved in apologetics is because if we want to read reach Muslim women. Mm. I mean, Muslim women, they can't even talk to other men. I mean, they, they can only talk, not, 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 again, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's different sects of Muslims that, you know, maybe aren't as rigid right. in those areas sure, as, of course. you know, but the really rigid ones that, you know, women cannot talk to other men. And so women, you know, in apologetics could relate to a, a Muslim woman, for instance, and, and share, you know, the reasons why, you know, Christianity is true. Mm-hmm. So I think all of those reasons is uh, really important as to why Women in Apologetics exists. And so we're having our second annual conference um, in January with uh, Biola again hosting. I think it's uh, the second weekend in mm-hmm. January. Will you be speaking? I'm, I'm sorry? Will you be speaking? You know what? I spoke last year yeah. and so some new faces this year. Yeah. So I'll be there um, to sort of help, but I'm not going to be speaking this okay. year. Um, what 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 specifically is your role at Women in Apologetics? So I'm the vice chair of communications. Okay. So um, I do the newsletter and I do some you know social media for them and come up with game plans on how to communicate the message and get more people involved and we'll be doing um, some possible mini conferences as well. So the main main conference is going to be hosted um, at Biola probably for the next couple of years. 
Um, but there may be uh, smaller conferences. Let's say somebody you know calls us up from Texas mm-hmm. and they're having a women's retreat or something, and they want women in apologetics to come. So we might have smaller venues in that way, or or up here in Madison, Wisconsin, in January when the weather's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I did want to ask you, and I I want to phrase it correctly like you were just mentioning politically correct and everything don't want to step on any toes but um you talked about giving women a platform in apologetics and so it would that would seem to at least insinuate that there wasn't one or there isn't really one and and what and what might do you think is the cause of that or i think there is one of on a smaller scale okay I've not yet seen a woman be a keynote speaker mm-hmm. at a national conference in apologetics. I've seen women be breakout speakers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is the issue with complementarian versus egalitarian, and some churches are complementarian and some are egalitarian. And so how you interpret that also affects this. And so women in apologetics can meet people in at any any camp on that mm-hmm. side. So, you know, if there's a church that absolutely will not allow, you know, women to uh, you know, teach men or, or share apologize with men, then women can go into a woman's situation in a church and teach the women, women to women. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's not the primary thing. I think the primary thing for us is, is just the, the female half of the imago day. I mean, you know, we have we have a, a, a sort of an essence to ourselves right. <laughs> that I think really helps with apologetics. And I think, you know especially with the women and, 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 you know, talking to their kids and stuff. I mean, I'm sure you're going to bring this up, but the whole statistics are showing when, you know, young people are leaving the faith when they go off to college. Mm-hmm. Well, if moms can catch the kids in okay. their moment of crisis before they go off. If, and again, I'm a mom. I have a 16 year old son. I have a 21, 21 year old daughter. Now my 21 year old daughter, she's rocking for Christ. She goes to Wheaton college and she's, so she's totally, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, she's totally like, you know, saved and, and believes in God. And, and Josh does mostly, but he hasn't really had that aha moment yet. Yeah. What is his mama teaching him? Apologetics. And so at least he knows, you know, wherever he decides to go, he knows he's got some good reasons to believe why right. it's true. And now, you know, he still has to make it his own. But I'm equipping him for when, you know, he goes out into the world and he de- deals with, you know, skeptics and stuff. And he's online a lot. And he's a gamer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And gamers online are, I mean, a lot of them are atheists. He's seen it. He's seen a lot of atheists online. And so he knows now, you know, why atheism falls flat in many ways. And so he can at least, you know, not necessarily he doesn't evangelize these guys. He doesn't talk about his faith, but at least it's not rocking his world. It's not making him think, well, gosh, you know, this is just my parents' faith. You know, Mm -hmm. he knows that there's truth behind it. So I think women have a, a good influence, you know, primarily with their children as well in that, in that aspect. So, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we have a platform, but it's, you know, I think the national conference gives women a bigger platform. They sure. can be a speaker and that kind of thing. I think it's great. Yeah. I hope, I hope it succeeds. That sounds like a wonderful ministry. Men are invited. So you can come if you want to. Oh, okay. Maybe I will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be in Southern California in January. So I I don't know what the weather is in Texas in January, but I know in Wisconsin in January it's cold. <laughs> right, it gets cold down here too. Actually, uh, the place I live in North Texas, we get uh, kind of the the worst of each seasons. It's weird. We get all four seasons. It gets really cold, and then it'll be a hundred something in the summer. So, but uh, yeah, Southern California sounds nice. Jim uh, Jay Warner Wall said the weather never changes there. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
I was actually born and raised there. Yeah. I moved to Wisconsin when I was 35 years old. So okay. I didn't even know how to dress when I got here. Why <laughs> I would, like, so why do you go from Southern California to Wisconsin? Because you're crazy. Because you're, you're crazy. crazy. You're crazy. You're trying to evangelize <laughs> to the atheists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband got a job, so we moved out here. And it was, it was actually, I used to be a reporter, actually. I was mm -hmm. a yeah, I read that. Reporter. Yeah. And I uh, left my career to stay home with my kids and move out here. And that was a huge change for right. me. And it was a very humbling change for me because, you know, I went from, you know, everybody knows me to nobody knows me in the middle uh. of the frozen tundra, you know. But, <laughs> but it, it was really it was a good season for me. And it, and it made me realize and value parenting so much more than I think had I, had I not done that. But that's not for everybody, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. you guys, yeah. what God's calling you to do. So I've been out here for 20 years now, so that'll tell you how old I am. Well, I will pretend like I don't know how to do math. Um, <laughs> moving on. No. Okay. Uh, what is uh, kind of uh, your uh, your favorite topic or argument in apologetics, or what, is there an area that you kind of specialize in? And if the word specialization isn't the right word, then maybe an, an area that you kind of focus on. You know, I don't I don't necessarily have a typical area I focus on. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've spoke on the reliability of the New Testament. I've spoke on why God allows evil. I've spoke on um, just the the five arguments for the existence of God. Um, so out of those arguments, mm -hmm. so, so like there's a whole bunch of different arguments, right? There's like 18 or 20 of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I only did five, the five most, you know, you know, talked about arguments. I think out of that five, my favorite is the cosmological argument cosmolo and part of the reason why well part of the reason why I have see I come from a skeptical background I didn't come to, to Christ until I was 25 and I was raised kind of a secular humanist and my brother and I are are educated people but we went in both different directions I mean I became a born again Christian and he became an evolutionary biologist oh how about that hey, he's an atheist yeah. well he, he's moved from atheism to agnosticism so that's improvement Going in the right direction. I think I like the Kalam cosmological argument is because of it's it's you know it's kind of you know scientific in nature. Mm -hmm. So do you want me to tell you the Kalam cosmological argument? I do, but ne but now you piqued my interest. So you were oh. raised, you said, as secular humanist. Yeah. So you, so your parents were not practicing Christians. My my dad for sure wasn't. My okay. mom, I think she she was a Christian when she was first married, but she had a tragedy happen in her life. Mm -hmm. And it caused her to turn away from God. It was the problem of evil. Okay. And so she tried, I think. She she dragged my my brother and I to church like maybe, oh, I don't know, a half dozen times when we were little. Mm -hmm. But by the time I was probably eight, I think, you know, we, we were going to, to church like maybe on Christmas and Easter. Right. We were Christers. You were Christers. <laughs> That's a good one. I've heard a lot of Christmas Easter jokes, but not that one. So by the time I was like eight, we stopped all the all together. Right. And so by then, it, you know, we never talked about God. We never prayed. Um, I was raised in Southern California. I was, focus was on how good you look and how much money you made. Right. And so that's primarily what I what I grew up with. And so by the time I was 25, I mean that that worldview left me broken. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I I sought something else, and I found Christ. Thank the Lord. <laughs> My brother, on the other hand, has not. And He's a good guy. I love my brother, but he's like he's got that skeptical mind. He just yeah. he wants to be able to prove God empirically. Mm -hmm. And so 
Um, I've never really been able to talk to him about apologetics since I started studying. He used to ask me questions prior to my degree. And now that I got my degree, he's not asking me the questions anymore. What the heck? But anyways, um, I did sneak in the Kalam cosmological argument, though. Last Thanksgiving, he came up. And I said, I thought, I'm not going to bring anything up about apologetics or Christianity or I'm going to be really neutral. We'll just talk about the kids and turkey, right? Kids, turkey, safe topics. No religion or politics, no. So he asked me, he goes, well, so what are you working on? I'm like, Mm. you want to know? You want to know what I'm working on? And so somehow we got into the cosmological argument. And he, he is, you know, very into science and wants to know these things. And so I just said, you know, Everything that begins to exist has a cause. The universe now has, you know, been shown to to have a start with the Big Bang Theory. So if the universe had a beginning, it, it has to have a cause. Mm-hmm. And he listened to me. He didn't say, he didn't argue with me. He didn't go, oh, you're full of, you know what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, he actually listened. And, and so we were able to have a little bit of a discussion. And so I did what, you know, you've heard the term of putting a pebble in somebody's shoe. Yeah. So I put the pebble in the shoe, you know, and, and I feel like that's all I can do at this point with him. And I think a lot of people need to remember that's all we can really honestly do sometimes is just just pique their interest, throw something out there that at least makes them consider something other right. view. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's there's been multiple times um, both ways where someone has said something to me like, one time you said this and it just really affected me and you think, did I even say that? Or, yeah. or I've told, um, like whenever I came back to the faith and I hit up some of my old pastors and youth pastors and, and told them, thank you, or, you know, some things you said stuck with me and they'd say the same thing, you know, yeah. I don't even remember saying that. So yeah. you never know, um, you never know how big of an effect so, so it may have. Really you know, it's important to remember as Christians that, that, especially with apologetics, I mean, we can just at least present it, and I, I like to present it to it as an intelligent faith because I feel like there's been so much of this media emphasis on dumb Christians that, you know, mm-hmm. we're blind faith. We have no, you know, we're just following the lemmings off the cliff or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, no, we're actually pretty smart, and this is why, yeah. you know? And so with my brother, I think he he's he's come a long way. I mean, he, he uh, used to be completely adamantly wouldn't even listen and now he's a little bit more open and so i feel like the kalam cosmological argument and and intelligent design and and dna and all these things that they're finding you know the fine tuning of the planet Mm -hmm. those are all things that really interest me primarily because of my brother Mm -hmm. because my dad went down the wrong road hayden he went down the wrong road and he ended his life hopeless and i don't want that to happen my brother right yeah. You know, and, and that's one thing about apologetics, too, I think is really important. I mean, the suicide rate now is is increasing. People are overdosing on, on drugs. I mean, there's a lot of hopelessness out there. Mm-hmm. You know, and Christianity is is so full of hope. I mean, this life is not all we have. You know, I mean, so I just really feel strongly about that. I feel like people need to have hope again, and Christianity gives hope. Right, yeah. And it, and it gives you an even greater sense of hope. Um Whenever you know that, um, you know, the tenets of the Christian faith can be demonstrably shown or proven. Exactly. And so, yeah, that's... that's well, that's... It, it also helps when we when we go through our own personal crisis, you know, like mm-hmm. like when my dad did commit suicide. It, it I mean, I had prayed for my dad. I did mm-hmm. all the right things, you know. I mean, the, I, I thought I did, you know. The Bible says, you know, God wants everybody to be saved. I prayed for my dad's salvation. It seemed like that didn't really work the way... Yeah. 
okay, was that the answer to my prayer? I don't think so, you know? But so what, when I started studying apologetics, you know, instead of, you know, getting angry at God for not answering my prayer, I realized that I don't really understand what happened there, you know, but I do know it's I'm, I, what I believe is true. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the anchor that we can hold on to. You know, that's that that's the, you know, the solid ground we can stand on when stuff goes wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, you did a, a master's of arts in apologetics at Biola. Is that correct? Yes, and it's a great program. I, I'm a Biola fan. Yeah, yeah. I go to... I even have a Biola cup right here. I don't know if no, you can see it. I see it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I go to yes. uh, Southern Evangelical Seminary, which is another well-known apologetics. Yes, uh, I went to their uh, conference uh, two years ago in 20, mm-hmm. 2016. I went to their, their national apologetics conference. It was excellent. Yeah. Who who were the speakers? Uh, Frank Turk was there. Mm-hmm. Um Jay Warner Wallace, Sean McDowell. The usual. <laughs> uh, Gary Habermas. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh, I can't remember them all, but they, I mean, they were all really excellent. So, yeah. so I, I, whenever I was deciding, I, w- I did a master's in theological studies first, and then... Nice. Well, sh- real shortly, my story is I had a crisis of faith while doing that, and so that's what I kind of fell into. I, f- I feel like most people I talk to that have fallen into this apologetics thing have done so out of necessity, whether it be yeah. a crisis of faith or um, um, a crisis like your own or, or right. something like that. That's how we all kind of stumbled into this thing. But uh, anyway, that's what happened for me, and so I decided I needed to look into these things and went so far down the apologetics rabbit hole that now I'm doing a, a, a Master's of Art and Philosophy over there at their school. So, um, Oh, my gosh, what do you do? You know, we need Christian philosophers. Mm-hmm. Christian philosophers are so desperately needed. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's C.S. Lewis that said, if for no other reason than to refute bad philosophy, we need good exactly. philosophy. Yeah. And one of the, ba- the one of the worst guys is Alex Rosenberg. Alex Rosenberg. I don't, I'm not familiar. He wrote this book called The Atheist Guide to Reality. Yeah. And he's a nihilist. He's a nihilist. Yeah. And, you know, he debated uh, William Lane Craig once, mm. and I watched it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, the guy, I mean, at least he's honest about it, though. I mean, mm. a, lot of, a lot of atheist philosophers aren't really honest about ultimately where their where atheism this ends. is. Yeah. I mean, it's ni- nihilism is, talk about hopeless. Mm-hmm. Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, so, even if you could somehow wiggle your way out of it, it it wouldn't be any more reasonable than just straight up nihilism. So nihilism on that worldview is at least reasonable. Yeah. Well, so so a lot of these these philosophers are are, are teaching in, in the university system here. Exactly. And, and so that's why we need you, Hayden. We need you to teach. Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to make it that far. <laughs> you, we need you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm bound to be a professor. Okay. Uh, yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, uh, so, uh, what what was the Masters of Arts there in apologetics at Biola like? So I did the online program, obviously, because I live in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, I mean, I'm older, so like, you know, you're younger, so online stuff for you is probably like no big deal. But I'm old school, right? So you're like, you know, you sit in a classroom, you listen to a lecture, you take notes, you meet people face to face. Yeah. And so for me to go online, I was kind of flipped out by that, you know. Mm-hmm. That, it's definitely oh. different. Well, honestly, at first I didn't like it that much because I'm a people person. I like talking to people and, you know, but once I got into it, we actually actually started having some great online conversations. And then it was really fun because we we had to have a uh, two-week on-site residency program. Mm. And so during that two weeks, all we did was like eight hours a day of of lectures. 
right, meeting everybody, going to lunch, you know, the mm-hmm. at the dorm cafeteria or whatever, yeah. eating lunch, talking apologetics, like apologetics from the time you woke up to the time you went to bed. And it was great. It was, I loved it. And I got, I mean, I have some lifelong friends now out of that program, you know, and I met people from all over the world. Yeah. Matter of fact, I have a, a friend who lives in Wales. He's like, anytime you want to come, you and your husband can come. You got a place to stay. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> We're going to Wales. Going to Wales. <laughs> so yeah, it was great. And they're really good teachers. You know, Jay Warner Wallace was mm-hmm. uh, one of my first teachers. Sean McDowell's there, Clay Jones, Kevin Lewis. I mean, just a lot of really great guys. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot from them. And, you know, they're very encouraging and, and supportive of, of whatever we're doing, you know, out, out here, out here in YouTube land. Right. Uh, so would you say that um, a, a formal degree in apologetics is very practical or is it more of a if you're curious and you can afford to do it, that sort of thing? Or You know, it- I think... Personally, for me, it really has enriched my faith, right. and I, my faith is is much more theologically deep. I think now, and I I love it. And I love reading, you know, really nerdy theological books that I never would have read mm-hmm. twenty years ago. So I'm a nerd now. There you go. It'll do <laughs> but, that. Um, it is pretty expensive, you know. I don't think I don't think people need to. I mean, if they don't have the money, you know, I obviously don't have the money. You can learn apologetics just by you know going on YouTube, watching debates are, are great. Evidence that demands a verdict that the, the new updated version is like my go-to for a mm. real quick, brief, you know, synopsis of all these different mm. types of topics. Um, but I think everybody needs to learn apologetics. I, yeah. I really think that not not one single Christian sitting in the pew should 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 not, you know, they should learn this stuff because yeah. we live in a very skeptical culture, and it seems like it's getting more that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I don't view it as a as a optional bonus towards no. the Christian faith. You know, some people view it that way. It's like, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, I've got family members and people that I've talked to and there's like, yeah, that's great. You know, if you want to look into it, but more, they're not saying this, but what they mean is blind faith is, is good enough for me. And I'm thinking, well, one day it's going to run out. You know, you just, you know, you're right. And you, and they will hit a bump in the road, you know, and when you hit that bump in the road, it's really important to, to fall back on why, you know, these things are real. Yeah. You know, because sometimes God does remain silent. Sometimes it feels distant. Mm-hmm. There's times where I feel like, you know, he's right there with me. And then there's times I'm like, hello, where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So when, in those times where you're like, hello, you know, you can fall back on, you know, okay, is the Bible reliable? Yeah, is cosmology, you know, there, there, there is a God because, you know, all these different things. And so that that helps me personally. Yeah, me too. But so, so as far as, you know, a, a formal master's degree, I mean, I think if you're a pastor or if you're in the ministry, I definitely think it would help. I don't think it's necessary for the average pew person. I think, you know, if they just buy a really decent, you know, apologetic book like Evidence That Demands a Verdict, I think that if they read that and have that as a sort of a resource, I think that mm-hmm. would be great for them. But I do think that everybody needs to learn it in mm-hmm. some form. So master's degree or no master's degree. Can't get out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, one last question. Um, yeah. How vital is apologetics in reaching the next generation and reaching generations to come as we go forward. Apologetics is the new evangelism. Mm-hmm. I think, I think exactly. I think, I think there, there, we live in an information overload and there's so much false information, especially on the internet. Where do young people go on the internet? Mm-hmm. You know, they won't talk to their pastor. They won't talk to their mom. They'll Google it. Mm-hmm. Google, you know, like pagan myth theology or, or, you know, they'll see that movie zeitgeist, you know, it says that, 
all all of Christianity is based on these you know ancient dying and rising gods, and then they'll think, oh, well, it's all a bunch of bunk, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if they if that's all they hear, if they don't hear the counter to that, then that could rock their world. So, I think I think people need to to definitely learn it. I think I think it is it is a tool for to re, to reach the young. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, that's a good place to stop. So, uh, thank you so much, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lisa Quintana. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. It was wonderful to meet you, and God bless you. You're going to be an amazing philosopher. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But- <laughs> thanks so much hey guys thanks for watching hope you enjoyed the show or for listening if you're listening on the podcast uh, if you enjoyed the show be sure to subscribe on YouTube or on iTunes or whatever uh, wherever you get your podcast from uh, if you want to watch the five more minute bonus section with Lisa Quintana uh, be sure to head over to our Patreon page the link in the description below or at patreon.com forward slash help me believe and become a supporter of the show we appreciate your support and uh, we'll see you next time thanks so much